Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Dangerous World Podcast and a returning guest, Julia from Cosmic Peach, one of everyone's favorite new podcasters in the game. Really killing it out there, too. How are you, Julia? I'm great. I'm thrilled. How are you, Ryan? Good as always. I mean, I got to say good as always, but it's like not necessarily true because October sucked ass. I know you like Halloween a lot. I am not. I'm not into it. I used to be. No go for me anymore. That's all right. I mean, it's not everybody's thing. Some people put their Christmas tree up in November. Some people, I, I mean, it's it's whatever floats your boat. Mine's up already. It's up. It went up uh, November 1st on the satanic holiday that is November 1st. Your tree? Yeah, it's up already. We got like Christmas oh, wow. decorations in the house and shit. Oh my gosh, you're just skipping Thanksgiving altogether, huh? Skipping Thanksgiving. I mean, Thanksgiving, the food sucks. I like the Mexican food. We do Mexican food. Um, turkey, go get, get out of here with that turkey bullshit. I, I'd rather have like tacos. Sometimes we'll do like a little big ziti too. Like we just do like a big, like kind of like a uh, office potluck type situation. But my mm-hmm. mom, it's like her Super Bowl. And she just makes like insane amounts of food and really good stuff too. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's how we do Thanksgiving. But yeah, yeah. I know Halloween's my your birthday, thing big time. Yeah. And my birthday's the 30th. So my birthday dinner is always Thanksgiving. Like everybody's like, oh, we're already all together. We'll just get pumpkin pie, birthday cake, like yeah, we'll yeah. Just knock it out. And so they always try to bring me like stuff I like to eat for Thanksgiving. They'll make like extra deviled eggs and shit. Oh, God. My dad knows your pain. His birthday is on Thanksgiving this year. Yeah. So it happens. It happens. But so uh, let's plug your stuff right up front here. I'm hoping that more and more of my audience is getting used to you and and, and hearing more of your stuff. I say it all the time. You know, there's not many girls in this whole industry and especially in our group of friends. I think you're there's like you. There's one thumb L. There's a few. You're my favorite with the research that you do, like the content that you put out is solid. And there's a few episodes that you tell me to go listen to. Uh, the uh, Black Dahlia was one that I really enjoyed that that was just phenomenal. Your research is getting better every episode. So let's plug your stuff. Let's try and get more people to to just like look into your hard work because there is a ton of work that goes into your show. Yes, thank you. Um, I obviously have the cosmic peach podcast and when i came on to do the occult laurel canyon presentation i was not sure how people would receive it and it's like my most popular episode of all time so thank you everyone who listens to dangerous world for coming and showing me some love on that because it took me a while to put that one together as well that's awesome. So this is, would you say real quick before we move on, is this, is there more research that went into this? Is it the same amount of research that went into it? Is it less? More. Like, 
more a, a lot more it sounds like a lot more yes okay. um I knew I wanted to do something grandiose for my mom's birthday on my podcast because I always say she was cooler than me. She got me into conspiracies. I probably wouldn't even have a podcast if she hadn't kind of prepared me Mm -hmm. for the conspiracy theory world. So I was like, what can I do? And I was like Wizard of Oz because we watched it all the time together And I had heard a few things that it might have some weird symbols in it and it might have a weird backstory. And I was like, well, let me just look into it. And it just poured out months worth of stuff. And it just kept like popping up randomly. After I decided to research the topic, somebody would like bring it up in random conversation or I just come across something and I'd be like, God damn, like it's just coming out of nowhere. Mm. Maybe you can call it synchronicity, whatever. But I was really happy that that happened because it made things make a lot more sense. That's dope. So, I mean, this is like Mm -hmm. one of those old school, like, uh, you know, newspaper clippings. And then there's like yarn tying it all together, like a spider. Yeah, I'm like Sherlock Holmes. That's cool. (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, um, do you have anything else that you want people to get to your Instagram? Any, any, uh, anything like that? Yeah, for sure. So I have cosmic.peach.podcast on Instagram. I always try to do a little slideshow for each episode that I record. So you can kind of get a visual sense of what I'm talking about in the episode. And um, it also helps me understand how big the audience is that I'm obviously targeting my audience towards conspiracy people but i have people follow me that just like the ghost stuff or just like the cryptids and so they'll message me really cool topics sometimes and that's helpful Mm. if i know what people like to listen to i can do more of that so instagram is kind of that place where i say hey if you want to hear me talk about something send me a message on instagram Mm. Check out the little slideshows and stuff on Instagram. And it's actually going pretty good right now. I'm trying to get to a thousand, though. <laughs> a thousand followers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get you there ASAP, hopefully. More and more <laughs> people need to go follow Cosmic. What was it? Cosmic. Cosmic.peach.podcast. Okay, yeah. there we go. I follow you. I mean, you know, yeah. you me. it's cool. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of research going into this and you do have one of those slideshows that you're talking about here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, audio listeners, uh, what well, we're going to try and describe everything that we can. Right. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I'll, I'll post this on YouTube. Uh, Patreon obviously gets all of this. And um, I'm assuming that we're saving some crazy stuff for the end. Yeah. Like, you know how I run my show. We got some really wild shit at the end. Cool. OK, so. Uh, you know, you can find all that stuff at patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast. Do you have a Patreon yet? I don't have one yet, but it's it's coming down the pike eventually. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Well, let us know because, yeah, that's a, it's a fun thing. And that community over there is really cool. Where do we start? Where do you want to start with this? I mean, this okay. is uh, like I said, I'm excited for this stuff. Um, Really how my research started out was with some of this, the more known theories that's around the wizard of oz and i want to get these out of the way because i feel like the listeners will want these mentioned okay um obviously wizard of oz classic film millions of people have worshipped since its release in 1939 and it's based on a novel 
by L. Frank Baum. And break in, Ryan, if you have any questions. Okay. But so it's the adventure between Dorothy and the Scarecrow, Tin Man, Cowardly Lion on their way to get help from a wizard. Everyone knows this, but there are some speculation that the set of Wizard of Oz was actually cursed. Mm. And these are the ones I want to knock out first because they're more widely known. Okay. The snow in the scene where they're, um, they fall asleep in the poppy field. Are you familiar with that scene? Yeah. Okay. The snow was made from asbestos. Ooh, my favorite. My favorite yeah. household product. Right. Yeah. And um, it was made in a time before like computer generated special effects sure supposedly and they felt like they had to get creative with the snow so it was just crystal asbestos and um they were all breathing it in they had to do many retakes of that scene so they were exposed to it for a super long duration of time but another thing that happened was a couple people actually caught on literal fire while filming The Wizard of Oz. Like spontaneous combustion or like from something? From Yeah, it was like oh. they uh, were not very careful in the 30s and 40s with their special effects and stunts. So yeah, literally two that. people <laughs> caught on fire, like actual fire. Margaret Hamilton, who played the Wicked Witch of the West, had a scene where she was supposed to, like, disappear in the flash of smoke. Uh-huh. And there was a trap door that was supposed to drop out from under her, and she was supposed to drop. The fire will come up, smoke, everything. The trap door drop was delayed, and she, like, went up in flames. Ooh, nice. Is there, now, remind me really quick, is there a Wicked Witch of the East as well? She was the witch the house landed on that had her little feet sticking out from under the house. Okay, okay, okay. She was the original owner of the Ruby Slippers. Okay, because yes, I have seen this movie many times, but it has admittedly been a while since I've seen it. So some of this Mm -hmm. stuff you'll have to remind me on. But yeah, I mean, as a child, this was one of my favorite movies to watch with my grandma. Yeah, I used to watch it over and over again and over again i actually went to see like wizard of oz on ice and i still have like a little cup that i had got when we went in the 90s but i actually had a dorothy barbie though uh, that i would have naked a lot i would carry her around naked quite often that'll come in later ryan don't you worry about that okay okay (laughs) (laughs) so margaret hamilton suffered severe burns on her face and her hands Her eyelashes and eyebrows were completely burnt off and the skin on her hands were completely burnt off and the movie studio did not send her home after she's working back then. She's lucky to have that job. Yeah. So her friend had to come pick her up, took her to the hospital and it took her six weeks to recover. But in the meantime, the studio kept calling her like, when are you going to be able to come back? Like, we need you here. And she was like a Rice crispy. Mm, <laughs> it was just really weird. And even when she returned to the set, she had to wear green gloves and not green makeup like on her hands because they were fried and the nerves in her hands were still exposed. 
Hey, so, worth it. It, it, it. The movie touched a lot of people's lives, I will say. She was actually a school teacher from Cleveland, Ohio. And she oh, shit. kids. Like it was her biggest passion. She was like a huge um staple in the community. She helped out at like children's shelters and like um churches and did all this community work. Mm. And it was funny that they had her play the wicked witch because she was actually such a sweetheart in real life and was a school teacher so it was really odd but while she was in the hospital her stunt double betty danko actually caught fire as well wow so So she's the second person that caught fire yeah um she was on the witch's broomstick and it was basically like a painted smoking pipe and it exploded and the burns were so severe that they never healed it it was those kind of burns like the skin is so thin it just keeps reopening like third degree right yeah so she actually got worse fucked off than margaret hamilton did huh wow (laughs) it was crazy and the original tin man not the tin man that we know from the movie but the original tin man buddy ebsen was poisoned by the makeup and so they wanted to achieve like that metallic look right yeah yeah and it was pure aluminum oh man okay yeah i was thinking it'd be like mercury or something horrible but yeah i mean obviously aluminum and massive amounts of quantity like that so uh, what kind of like poisoning did he get did he die um so frequent lung ingestion of the aluminum sent him to the hospital sure. because he woke up one night with severe cramping in his hands, arms, and legs and difficulty breathing. And he had to spend two weeks in an oxygen tent due to the aluminum dust in his makeup. Jesus. The studio also called him repeatedly to see when he was going to return to the set. <laughs> didn't care that they poisoned this man almost to death they were not sympathetic whatsoever called him nonstop. he was so fucked up though he couldn't return so Um. they placed him with jack haley who is the tin man that we see in the movie this is the tin man everybody knows you know it's it's from the way that you're describing it right now it almost seems like the the directors and everyone involved with the production knew that this was going to be such a massively influential movie throughout time that they were just like, Hey, yeah, we burned a bitch. When, when are you coming back? Are two you bitches. part of this or not? Oh yeah. yeah. We burned two bitches. Like get back here. You're sick. You almost died. I don't care. Are you part of this? Are you in or are you out? You know, it's like, it's weird. Yeah, no, it's really, it, it gets way more sinister. Um, After they replaced buddy Epson with Jack Haley, he didn't get the same type of makeup, but it still gave him like severe eye infections, like nonstop. And they just couldn't find anything to do that metallic look that they were wanting without like causing serious harm to the person. Yeah. But at that point they were just like, fuck it. Like, it's like you said, are you in or out? Yeah. <laughs> and this Good. is a common misconception that the wizard of Oz caused Judy Garland's drug abuse. Okay. But it's not true. Her mom actually started her on drugs at the age of 10 years old and forced her into the movie business. 
hey, I mean, again, are you in or are you out, kid? All you know? right. It did exacerbate her um, reliance on them, though, because she was on amphetamines and barbiturates. And they Ooh. were uh, pushed on her by the director of the movie uh, to increase her productivity on set. Yeah, so she could hit the takes every time. Yeah, okay. Every time, yeah. And so they also kept her on a strict diet of cabbage soup only. Ooh, just to and stay they thin? Wear a corset. Well, they said how fat and disgusting she was, that she was a hunchback, ugly piece oh. of junk, piece of garbage. Like, they totally tore her down. She already hated herself, was already on antidepressants, and then they, like, pushed it even harder, like, be skinny, wear this corset, drink cabbage soup, let us suck your soul out of your body, like things Hollywood does, you know? Like they exploited her weaknesses, and they were like, you know, again, you want to be part of this classic movie. Um, Yeah, man, it it sounds like the whole thing's a big satanic ritual almost. It definitely is, and I got the proof to back it up. So she was 16 when she filmed The Wizard of Oz, and 10 years after this breakthrough role, that should have just set her for life. Mm-hmm. She tried to kill herself for the first time. So obviously she's not mentally there. They had her smoking 80 cigarettes a day. To stay skinny? Yes. And they made her work 18 hour days. With only eating cabbage soup. Yes. And pills. And pills for dessert. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Poor girl, man. And it's, it's nuts mean, when you think about that. Years old you're already going through that part of your life as a girl where you're like, I already feel insecure about my looks. And like, I'm about to be in this movie. Millions of people are going to see me and they're saying how ugly and pathetic I am. Hmm. She's hungry. She's tired. And then on top of all of that, the director of wizard of Oz, Victor Fleming smacked her in the face constantly. Hmm. Sounds like a Harvey Weinstein type. I bet she was fucking her too, you know, like to you know, really take oh, advantage of her. I'm sure. And he said it was because she couldn't get through a scene without giggling. So he would just oh, like go and slap her in the face, just slap the piss out of her so she could get through the scene. Now, what is Hollywood's uh, look on this Victor? What's his last name? Victor Fleming. This Victor Fleming, how does Hollywood look at him? And how do like the, uh, you know, people that study cinema and shit like this, how is he favored in in modern times? Well, he's infamous in a, well, not to our generation, because this was a movie that came out in the 30s. So not for us, but back then he would have been pretty uh, highly respected for what he pulled off with Wizard of Oz. And it was almost a given that when you're a part of a movie back then, there's no basis for, oh, you're hurting her feelings. It was like, do the damn thing, create a piece of artwork to hell with the people. You yeah, know, sure. we're not here to play patty fucking cake. I'm trying to make a movie. So slap, slap, bitch, do the scene. So I don't even think that they cared how. But what about today? How 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 is he looked at in modern times? Sam, some of this stuff is not. It's like when you go searching for stuff and you're looking for something specific, and you kind of have to dig a little bit. 
that was one of the things I kind of had to dig a little bit to see. And then it just randomly popped up. Um, 16-year-old Judy Garland was slapped. I was reading something about Judy Garland's life. And that was in there that Victor Fleming would slap her in the face. Mm. So it wasn't even, if you look up like Wizard of Oz, it's all rose petals and fairy tales and how wonderful it is. Okay. But not so much about like what happened to Judy. And when I was looking through her life story, I also found that regardless of her getting slapped and starving and pills and degraded on a daily basis, she made the second lowest salary of the entire cast. Oh, no way. Well, and yeah, yeah because made... uh, the female to male pay would be way different back then. Oh, right. Yeah. But guess who made the lowest salary of the cast? One of the witch that got burned, I bet. The dog. The dog got paid? The dog. And then Judy Garland. Holy shit. Literally Toto, Toto the fucking affin pincher. Was making just a little bit less. I thought he was a Yorkie. Is he some sort? Is that some sort of split? Something. Okay, Okay. he's a fuzzball. But he was like just a little bit less than Judy Garland. (laughs) I couldn't believe that. That's that's actually a very interesting. And then I bet you the like the Tin Man, the Lion, and uh, the Scarecrow are making a lot more money. Way more, and they're men, so of course they're going to be paid way better than she is. And they didn't like her anyways. They were like, you scumbag. So even even those those the, the three characters we mentioned there, the main characters, they didn't like her on set. Like everyone kind of bullied her around, basically. They did because it was almost like a rite of passage, what they were trying to do for her. Oh, OK. Like freshmen to like seniors and shit like that. How, how they get. Yeah. Trained. And she was supposedly sexually assaulted by some of the cast members including the munchkins hopefully not the monkeys that'd be wild i hope to fucking god not (laughs) i didn't come across that the munchkins Um, though that's terrifying yeah yeah and i have a little bit more research i did on that that'll come up a little bit later but another big source of controversy with the wizard of oz is that in 1957 it was banned from like almost all public libraries people were pissed off hated it seven fundamentalist christian families in tennessee actually filed a lawsuit saying like this is fucked off i don't want this in my kids school this is witches this is ungodly and they blamed it so these fundamentalist christian families read the book were not happy with it didn't want their kids reading it so the book was banned and they said why they banned it is because people were having an issue with women in leadership roles there's no leadership really in that movie though i, don't, I mean so they, maybe looking at it from today's perspective there's not much leadership but sure them and the queens yeah okay i think that was bullshit I think that was bullshit, them blaming it on women in leadership roles because they didn't want to say it's because they read it and it's like a cult as shit and there's like some weird dark stuff in there. Ungodly is how they put it. So why are they trying to push it off on, oh, you wanted to read The Wizard of Oz, but you can't because these Christian families don't like women in leadership roles and it almost Mm. gives you a little prejudice against that. Like, oh, wow, why wouldn't you 
want like women in leadership roles and they're like that's not what the problem was the problem was the occult symbolism and the author being clearly tied to like some seriously dark shit but that's not what they tell you yeah it's a way for hollywood to again say fuck the christians like look at how how yes. much they hate women instead of they just don't like the satanic agenda uh being, being pushed, pushed kids. on kids yeah witches talking mo- don't those monkeys talk well they fly okay well that's worse but yeah, yeah. i mean yeah there's uh the main care the main like leader in this whole thing is a man though isn't it the man behind the curtain isn't that the whole story yeah the wizard of oz yeah so i mean he, at the end of the day it's still a man leading it so yeah none of that makes sense None of that made sense to me either. So we're on board as okay. far as that's concerned. Like, I don't think that's why they had an issue with the book. Yeah, clearly. But, okay. Um, This is the pivotal moment in the research where it went down a really dark rabbit hole. I found this Wikipedia page. Don't worry, Ryan. I'm just warming up. Somebody hold my beard. Now, <laughs> Pink Floyd's album, The Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, yeah synchronizes with the wizard of oz backwards right backwards forwards however you want to play it i tried it a little bit on my own yeah yeah and i played it from front to front like i played the movie album at the same time ran it through i didn't do the whole movie just enough to get a taste and the loonies on the path and all that shit is like all yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay yeah it is not backwards that's my bad yeah it's totally forward yeah and it is got some very it's almost too much to be a coincidence at times yeah so what some of the best that i saw was the great gig in the sky kicks in like as the tornado's picking up the house and it's creating like a powerful foreboding kind of a sense and then the cash register at the start of money starts like almost sarcastically um as dorothy like takes in oz like the technicolor it goes from black and white to oz and like it's like cha-ching and then everything's in color Mm. so when you're talking about this sorry to jump in when you talk about this you hit play with the movie and you hit play on the album at the same time or do you have to wait until credits are, are done or what no, I just played them at the same time. And I noticed a lot of people found the same things as I did. Okay. Because, yeah, um, this was something that my dad told me when I was a little kid. And I thought it was interesting. I didn't, I never checked it myself, but I know it's a very real thing. That's very popular, too. There's like yeah. a whole Wikipedia page dedicated to it. Um, in the song, The Lunatic is on the Grass corresponds with the Scarecrow. Okay. On the Grass and Brain Damage kicks in. Um, at the start of if I only had a brain nice okay so here's where we go with this there's a rumor that Stanley Kubrick's 2001 a space odyssey okay the opening scene matches Pink Floyd's 24 minute composition called um echoes Okay. Have you heard of that? Not at all. All right. So this was just a theory, right? But then I got to digging into it, thinking like, why would this Pink Floyd stuff match such cryptic things? And I found out that Stanley Kubrick 
was had propositioned Pink Floyd to write the entire soundtrack for 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mm, okay. And we know what Stanley does with his movies, right? We're talking The Shining. We're talking um, Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, he hides messages of like the uh, government, essentially, and like pedophile cults, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yes. Now, here we go. I'm going to share my screen. Okay. Here we see a scene from Eyes Wide Shut. One of my favorite, probably my favorite Kubrick movie, by the way, I got to say. It's so fucking good. Yeah, it's really, really good. And what you'll find in a lot of Stanley's work is the color red and the color green. Now, Mm -hmm. this is what bothers me about this scene. Pool tables are usually opposite, right? It would be a green pool table. Sure, sure. So he's using a red pool table and a green light. He wanted this entire room red. Okay. With just a green light. So it's not a coincidence that the pool table is red. And there's a a lot of other stuff in Eyes Wide Shut, but now and then just for the listeners too, the room is brown. It's a mostly wooden brown room, but there mm-hmm. is a lot of red trimmings. There's a ton of red books. There's red ribbons. I mean, you got to remember this is around Christmas time uh, when this movie is supposedly taking place. Red chair, red and brown rug. Um, there's a yeah. lot of red. The woman is wearing a red shirt up in that painting on the top right. A lot of red books on the shelf. Exactly. So he, it looks like they did the best they could. Uh, uh, you know, red trimming on the furniture over there to the far right. So, yeah, that's an interesting observation. Where'd you find that out that he wanted this to be a red room? So it was supposed to be a red room, but this scene was not uh, directed by Stanley. He died. Oh, okay. He shot this whole ending scene. So this, who knows what it was really supposed to look like, you know? Okay. He purposely chose Christmas because not only of the the occultism and paganism associated with Christmas, but it's the, the easiest green. way to get red and green together. Sure. And also the black and white symbolism is super prominent in this movie. So they're wearing opposites, but still black and white. Black jacket, white shirt, white jacket, white shirt, black bow tie, red and green. We're seeing like this same. But it also, in Wizard of Oz... Ruby's slippers were never part of the book. Okay. They were silver slippers. They made them red for the movie. And then Oz is the Emerald City. Okay. So we have our red and our green. Yes. And this is by design. Okay. I feel I want to ask so bad why, but I feel like this is coming. So I'm not going to jump ahead. (laughs) Yeah, and so, of course, we have Under the Rainbow. Okay, okay. Is the name of the costume shop. Rainbow symbolism all throughout Eyes Wide Shut. Now, 
Let me jump in with some other pop culture references to Wizard of Oz so I can back up my theory and make this make more sense to the listeners. Yeah, okay. I did an episode just about Barbie and SRA. Barbie was never a child's toy. It was like a sex doll that they just put kids clothes on and it's been used in SRA. So of course I want to check, did they make a Dorothy or Glinda, whatever, Wizard of Oz, Barbie? And yes, of course, yeah. 1995 collectible edition. Hey, I had that shit. And the Tin Man and Dorothy and all of them. Yeah. I wish I would have kept that shit. I bet you how many thousands of dollars is it worth? And I threw this shit away. I'm sure. I had so many damn cool toys, dude. I I should have kept these things. The thing about the Barbie, too, is it's almost got a sexual nature to it. And, And, of course, the listeners can go and check out my Barbie episode, but it's like, undress me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Change it. That's what I did. I mean, yeah. Right. Like Mm -hmm. seeing them. Yeah. Another reference would be Elton John's album Goodbye Yellow Brick Road released in 1973. And Elton John said that he wanted to put his signature spin on Dorothy's longing to return home to Kansas. And I say all the time that Elton John is notorious for saying he wrote all of his songs in witch tongue. I hadn't heard that at all. Which language? And it's I I may have actually brought that up to you in the Occult Laurel Canyon episode, but okay. um he definitely did. It goes along with like the witch cottage in Laurel Canyon where they all used to hang out, the big sixties and seventies. Yeah. And um so it was released in seventy three, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Of course he's gonna want to do some shit about this witch ritual and we have the Muppets Wizard of Oz, which Ashanti played Dorothy, and Queen Latifah <laughs> played Auntie M. And this will come in later. <laughs> they always got to gentrify it and make it all Yeah, like... just remember that, okay? Okay. And so we also have a few days after Saddam Hussein's capture South Park aired a Wizard of Oz episode in which Saddam Hussein was yeah. the man behind the curtain. Yeah, and they had to nuke uh they had to nuke the dream world, I think, if this is the correct episode I'm thinking of. But if Wizard of Oz is this kind of a movie where they're using some type of ritual on us, the reference to Wizard of Oz could also be a trigger. And I'm sure you've seen Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Mm-hmm. One of my top five favorite movies of all time. It's a little and artsy there's... for my taste, but it is good. It, you know, and I, I really don't like George Clooney. But yeah, and it's about uh, the Iliad and the Odyssey too, right? It's It's got a lot of shit in there. And yeah, I'm just now realizing how much they packed in there because the scene where... George Clooney and the, Pete and Delmar are going to save the save Tommy from getting lynched during the KKK meeting. And they're all dancing and like in and out and chanting. And there's the fiery okay. cross. And that is an exact mirror 
of a scene in the Wizard of Oz where the Tin Man, Scarecrow, and Lion overpower the Wicked Witch of the West soldiers, put their uniforms on to go and save Dorothy. And they even do the same song that wow. was in Wizard of Oz. Huh. Now, what else is in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? If we're talking about rituals, symbolism, why would they mirror a scene from the Wizard of Oz in this movie? Well, there's a reference to Robert Johnson, who was the first person on record to admit to selling his soul to the devil in exchange for musical gifts. Wow, and he yeah, was the okay. first initiate in the quote-unquote 27 Club. Shit. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, you get... Uh, who's that one dude, the... Oh, I forget his name. The other guy that they kind of credit going to the crossroads and selling his soul with, with the uh, another young dude. All the oh. first one that I know of is Robert Johnson, who was like the blues guitarist. And there was like a photo taken of him later in life. There was a weird face in the photo. Yeah, and he was a blues musician. And um, he said he went to a Mississippi crossroads and did a deal with the devil for musical talent and that is referenced in oh brother where art there where they pick up tommy and yeah, he's yeah. hitchhiking and they're like oh you have a guitar and he's like yeah i sold my soul to the devil and they were like why and he was like so i could learn how to play this here guitar real good yeah yeah and this is going back to like robert johnson fuck okay yeah, there's another guy, too, that is kind of, like, more credited with doing it. But now that you say that, that's interesting that, like, he's not as put out there as, as often. I, I can't believe I don't remember the guy's name. Let me see if I can find it while you're talking here. Yeah. But, uh, I, I don't know if you noticed this, too, with this. Was this a scene that Stanley Kubrick directed? Yes. It's interesting that that trim on the door is yellow like that. Like it's like, oh yeah well like yellow brick road under the rainbow there it's kind of weird right lots and lots you're gonna love this ryan okay well let me get through this and then we'll get right back into our slideshow in um poltergeist when uh the little lady comes over to do the house clearing she's upstairs and the rest of the family is downstairs and the dad looks over at the psychiatrist and he's like, which side of the rainbow are we working tonight? In reference to the the psychic who came to like do the clearing. And why I find it interesting that he would have said that. What side of the rainbow are we working tonight? Is that Steven Spielberg was involved in Poltergeist, obviously. And so was Heather O'Rourke. That little girl who was definitely a sra victim okay and they later blamed medical malpractice but that's not what it was so wizard of oz reference and steven spielberg and spielberg will also come in later and what is one of the pedophile symbols ryan of course you know the swirl the swirly triangle the swirl yeah and the yellow brick road starts off as a swirl. Okay, yeah. 
And it's a yellow and red swirl that she's supposed to follow to the Emerald City. And for me, I feel like that's a little blatantly obvious what they're trying to say there. It could have started in any other way, but they have her start in the center of the swirl and literally work her way outside of the swirl. It's pretty specific. Yeah. And now, back to our slideshow here, also in Clueless. Did you watch Clueless? Uh, Remind me what this is. With Alicia Silverstone and... um, they're in the car and she's like, I don't know why Christian won't have sex with me. And Marie's like, because he's a um he's a Streisand ticket holding friend of Dorothy or something like that. He's gay. Okay. No, I don't and think so. I don't think I've seen <laughs> it's it. a really it's a really funny scene. But that made me get get to thinking about something because the way that he said it in the movie was like, of course he's gay. He's a friend of Dorothy. Yeah, yeah. I look and there's 10 Family Guy episodes that make reference to The Wizard of Oz and they're all gay jokes. That's interesting. I watched that a lot and I haven't picked up on that. That's interesting. Yeah, okay. and the there was even one Family Guy episode. It was called I've Never Met the Dead Man or something like that. It's in like season two, I think. Yeah, right. And so he's like suffering from a lack of TV and he has a dream about the Wizard of Oz. And there's like, a, oh, you've had herpes all along. Okay. A lot of sexual weird stuff like with the TV and Oz and like just want to throw that out there. So people don't think that I'm just pulling shit out of my ass. Yeah, yeah. Well, so so basically what I mean, it sounds like we're going to, you know, talk about some things where maybe like gay people might get offended or something if they're thinking that you're throwing this shit out there. Okay, yeah, I I mean, I don't care. I feel like it's like kind of connected to like, why would you make sexual references to a children's movie? Sure. Well, I mean, yeah, they do it all the time, you know, and they do do that all the time. But I think it's by design. And this is a scene where he's in the costume shop and they're literally standing under the rainbow. Mm -hmm. There's also a scene in the beginning of Eyes Wide Shut where he meets those two uh, sloppy bitches at that party and they're like trying to drag him away from his wife. And he's like, where are we going? And they're like, where the rainbow ends. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, let's be fair too. wife is kind of being a whore. Oh, she was she was getting real cozy with the the Hungarian military dude. guy. Mm-hmm. Oh no, yeah, that was the uh, yeah Hungarian dude before was the military guy. But yeah, that guy that I was mentioning earlier, Bob Dylan, was the guy that I was thinking of. He he's one that I've also really looked into about the crossroads. Bob so, Dylan, but, yes, yeah, you're totally right though about Robert Johnson. So yeah, yeah. I'm Brian. I looked into this up ways, down ways, sideways. It's wild. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, too, this room that's under the rainbow, isn't that where he finds his his daughter with those two Chinese dudes or Japanese dudes? Mm hmm. And they're they're in like drag or whatever. And they're adults fucking a kid. Yeah. Yeah. All of it just totally bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Okay, this... wait, did you actually, now that I'm seeing this, did you write, did you draw the line, the yellow line at the at Oh, the I don't, let me see. 
when I did. Oh yeah, that's my highlighter. Sorry. Oh, okay, it I like thought part that of the that building. Was... I was like, oh yeah, you're right. No, yeah. I thought that sorry. was trim. I was like, dude, that is like the yellow brick road under the fucking. Yeah, Rainbow. I that's had wild. to do this on my iPhone, so I just like. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now that I'm seeing that, I'm like, okay, that was. I guess that wasn't there. That would be extra, extra cool. Well, there's stuff that's even more. Than okay. That, but... Oh, I don't doubt it. No, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. I want you to pay attention to this because okay. these two men were at Ziegler's party in the beginning of the movie. Okay. And they're a part of this whole, like, SRA everything. <clears throat> okay. So, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, for those that don't remember, too, you know, at the end of Eyes Wide Shut, this girl kind of very vaguely goes walks away it's hard you got to really be paying attention because the focus is drawn to to uh who's that nicole kidman and uh and then tom cruise obviously right um yes tom cruise nicole kidman and their daughter helena and these two men take helena away and they were at the party they're part of this whole thing i believe in the original version of Eyes Wide Shut, Nicole Kidman was probably one of the ladies getting initiated yeah, at yeah, the yeah. party. That's so what I, too. I have this circle because we have specific stuffed animals here. Sure. A lion, a bear, a tiger. And then Helena, I have it on the next one. She goes away with these guys. And is that their daughter in real life? I don't think so. But they were married when they made this movie. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, that's what was one thing not to get derailed completely. There was a scene, I guess they had to do that scene where Nicole Kidman was like getting real frisky with that military dude. Yeah. Several times because uh, Kubrick was trying to get a reaction out of a Scientologist and Tom Cruise who's not allowed to show negative emotion in public. So, yeah, that, that was just. Uh, oh, yeah. That's an interesting. That's so thing. interesting. They ran it like over 100 times just because Kubrick was trying to piss off Tom Cruise. Oh, and. There's something else I'm working on right now. I'll tell you when we're done recording, but okay. you'll probably want to hear it in regards to these two. But we're looking here at what he's showing us. I predominantly see teddy bears. I don't know about you. What do you think? Teddy bears? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a blur. I mean, the tigers are right in your face here. I mean, right right there to the right. But, but yeah, I mean, it looks back like... wall. Yeah, there's a lot more bears all around the place. Yeah, a lot more sure. bears. So there's this thing called a pedo bear. Have you ever heard of it? No, I've heard of the panda bear thing where like the capillaries and like, you know, it's so yeah, fucked up to say, but like the scary. capillaries and, and kids eyes pop and they get bruises around their eyes when they're sodomized. Yeah, it's gross. There's also this pedo bear thing where it's like men who want boys. If they're big and burly men, you're they're usually kind of like hairy, like stanley kubrick looking like the gay thing with the bear like the twink and the bear and the otter and they call it a pedo bear wow well and so i do see a lot of bears here i see this i see that i see a lot now why do we see this same tiger with our prostitute domino 
in the middle of the movie. So we meet this little feller first, and then we see him again at the toy shop. Mm-hmm. Okay. And why would 30-year-old Domino, who's a full-blown prostitute, have a stuffed anything on her bed? You know, it's very childlike. And you know what they say about giving SRA victims like a teddy bear, Barbie doll, baby doll, something. And this is their object that they give them to focus on while they do what they're doing to the child, which causes a dissociative state and fragments a part of the child off. Okay. So child's toy on a grown woman's bed. This scene is all about prostitution. And then this character we later find out has AIDS. So why he thought it necessary to put a stuffed animal on her bed, childlike, I don't, I mean, I get it now, but it's odd. Yeah, I I, I don't know where you're going with it. So that's why, that's very interesting for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm, oh, I like this one too. Okay. Shining. So. We're looking for Wizard of Oz symbolism in these movies, right? And we're looking for SRA. We have the rainbow on Danny's bedroom door twice. And a lot of the best parts for symbolism come from Danny's bedroom. Yeah. At the beginning of The Shining. So we have Danny's bedroom door and there is a sticker of the peanuts. The first one is Woodstock with a rainbow hot air balloon. And then right below him is Snoopy standing under the rainbow. And I have another picture of that in just a second. And is Dopey significant in this? Because I know Dopey's gone in like another scene. I don't think it's significant. Okay, to your story, okay. To mine, it could be to some other bit of research, but I'm looking around in Danny's room. Okay. And I think it's weird that he has a nervous breakdown, but the doctor still takes his pants off and the covers are pulled back so we can see that he has his pants off. I don't know why they felt like that was significant to show us. I'm seeing something now after you pointed out the bear stuff, but I'm not going to ruin it. Oh, well, we have uh, this little item right here that says tiger. And it's just a big, I don't even know what that is, a record cover. Like, I don't know. Comic book, maybe? It says tiger. Okay. And then we have... A lion. Yeah. And then, well, what is this? Yeah. Danny's laying on a gigantic bear pillow. Yeah, that's wild. Okay. And now, let's take a look at Dorothy, shall we? Michelle. Look at that right there. What the fuck does oh, we wow. have on? Her dress, okay. She looks like Dorothy. Yeah, she's dressed. Uh, I forget she's her name. And what's her Shelley name? Shelley Duvall. Well, yeah, Shelley Duvall, but her character Wendy. name. But yeah, I. What is it? Wendy. Wendy. Okay, so yeah, Wendy in The Shining is dressed 
not to mention the same as fucking Goofy over here. You see Goofy over there by the window? Oh, yeah. Dressed the same as, uh, you know, Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. Okay. It gets even better. You've never heard this stuff, Ryan. This is my own research. I dare anybody to say that they've pointed this shit out before. Okay. Now, she's dressed like Dorothy. There we have our Snoopy under the rainbow. And then what's this? We have another rainbow right yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. And why does this little motherfucker have his pants off if he was having a nervous breakdown? What does his pants being off have to do with a nervous breakdown? And he's laying on the bear pillow. What? Like, if he was going to have his pants off, they could have at least pulled the covers up over his naked legs, right? Yeah. So he's I feel like that's, I that's significant to me. Definitely. And, yeah. Um, yeah. There's a close up of the bear pillow. Yeah, you had that rainbow uh hot air balloon up in the right corner too in that last yep. slide. Now we see this thing with bears again. This is Danny's bedroom at the Overlook Hotel. And this photo right here. Oh, okay. Two bears. That's not the same picture though, right? It's like the closest I could find just googling okay, but that's okay. like you know what i'm saying like that's yeah, a standing bear, bear. Standing up like this yeah there's definitely a standing bear it's like a, a mirror image of it basically what you have here and then what yeah mm -hmm. like, okay yeah standing up bear and then like a laying down it's bear. like a laying down bear okay and now this was somebody else's research but they weren't trying to prove the same point that i was i just kind of googled what cartoon was Danny watching during The Shining? And it says the cartoon Danny watches twice during the film Stop, Look, and Hasten features Wiley Coyote leaping into a deadfall with a Burmese tiger. Okay, so you got a coyote and so a tiger. So we got the tiger again. Now, see, this to me, nobody's wearing that, Ryan. Like, that, that doesn't even look like a popular attire for the time even in the 70s you don't think a red thermal with a blue and white checkered overdress i don't know it's cold i don't know i mean maybe not yeah and the, the colors specifically yeah yeah you got a point rainbow yeah. cup rainbow cup that danny has yeah rainbow cup and Teddy bear again. This teddy bear that's right behind Wendy, we see again at the Overlook Hotel as Jack Nicholson rips through it with an axe. Okay. Very significant teddy right there. Teddy what is that with painting a red on? dress on. That's a dog. I tried okay. to zoom in as far as I could, and I the best I could see that's a dog. Okay. But yeah, there's so okay, the, the teddy bear over there. The same teddy here. Laying down. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, these are the best three photos I could find of this, but it shows it a lot more in the movie. Stanley shows us Frosted Flakes over and over again in The Shining. He's showing us Frosted Flakes. Oh, I wonder why. Why would Stanley be showing us Frosted Flakes? 
because they're great. <laughs> Tony the fucking tiger. Now, Danny suffers from dissociative identity disorder. And what is the name of Danny's altar? His altar's name is Tony. The little boy that lives in his mouth's name is Tony. Is it Tony or Toby? Tony. It's Tony. As wow, I always thought it was the Toby. Tiger. Fuck, okay. Very interesting. Yeah, Tony. Okay. Why are the tigers popping up over and over and over again? We got stuffed tigers. We got Tony the tiger. Danny's alter's name is Tony. Huh. Yeah, He's watching a cartoon with the tiger. Right? Yeah. S-R-A. They give the child an object to focus on while the abuse takes place. For instance, maybe a stuffed bear, stuffed tiger, stuffed whatever. Very interesting. Little boy that lives in Danny's mouth, his name is Tony. Now, <laughs> this scene as a kid really fucked me up because I didn't yes, know what was going on. Me too. If you Google this image, it says the shining bear costume. Okay. And so we have, again, a bear. Now, this bear is what I would refer to as like kind of a furry. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I am. Yeah. Phenomena. Yeah. But it's like they identify kind of like as stuffed animals or they identify as like cartoon animals. Yeah. Or, and it's part of the LGBT thing. They literally have sex with people just like this. Dressed just rub up animals. on them. Usually. Yeah. 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 It's, it it so, seems really fun to crash one of these conventions. I'm not going to lie. To like go in as a furry mm -hmm. and like just like film everything. I think it'd be really funny, but yeah, this this scene scared me. Though. Oh weird. no, there's something to it. I mean, it's uh, I feel like the CIA created this whole community to make people further dissociate. I do too. And this bear costume, the butt flap was down. Okay. And he was going down on this guy. Yeah, yeah. This is that scene where uh, I think it is Shelley Duvall that's running around trying to find Danny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then she, you know, comes into one of these rooms of this supposedly empty hotel and there's a big, you know, what would probably be a fatter dude wearing a bear costume, blowing a guy in a suit. And mm -hmm. yeah, the, the camera work is so good. It zooms in. It's such an eerie scene. And then it shows Shelly Duvall just like freaking out. I remember as yeah. a kid not knowing what was going on exactly. My parents let me watch this way too early too. as a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know. Yeah, really, really weird scene here. But um, yeah, and please so bring up Shelly Duvall. Let's not forget she had that really bizarre as fuck interview with Dr. Phil later on in life as like a elderly woman. And um, they tried to edit the interview to make her look crazy. But she was saying some stuff that we in like the conspiracy community would not think was crazy. She was saying um, that robin williams never died that he's just shape-shifting oh wow. that he can assume many forms and 
that Stanley Kubrick actually had her film the scene with the baseball bat where she's backing up on the stairs, like holding the baseball bat and she's like swinging it at Jack Nicholson. Yeah. And they, they did that like 127 times and her hands were bleeding and raw from holding the baseball bat. They were actual tears. She was dehydrated, exhausted um, Stanley had the cast and crew completely isolate Shelley Duvall, not talk to her, and her hair started falling out at one point. She was completely fucked off trying to film this movie. Very similar to kind of like the trauma that the cast went through for like Wizard of Oz. You have to traumatize them in order to provoke certain type of reaction for the scene yeah well and yeah specifically dorothy in that right like Mm -hmm. yeah who she's dressed as yeah yeah so i found that significant now let's take a look at some of the pictures behind wendy in the office here when she's dressed like the scarecrow let's be real she's dressed like the scarecrow (laughs) yes um we have a lady tied up Okay. And like um, a BDSM kind of a thing. Okay, normal for the time, huh? In the 70s or whatever. We have this little dicey number right here. Very nice. And we have, you know, a maid costume. Yeah. I don't know why these were relevant to be posted next to the first aid poster. Yeah, and it's like a, it's like an office space bulletin in a prestigious hotel. This is not something that would even at that time be appropriate. You know, women right. that were working there wouldn't like that. That is what that is exactly what I'm saying. I, it, they're completely out of place. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you have like an American Red Cross. You have like important looking paperwork, and then just pictures of like naked girls, which I never noticed. I mean, there, there's so much stuff in his movies that you don't notice this kind of shit. And and. The reason I bring it up is because we'll see here in a second something else. Okay. We have the twins representing Gemini, right? Yeah, yeah. The space program. What's on the wall behind them? Yeah, this was part of that fucking documentary. Yeah. Monarch. Little skier, yeah. Yeah, Monarch. What is that? Nine? Is that a nine zero? It looks like that's as far as my phone would let me zoom, but it looks like a nine zero or like a nine triangle. Yeah. Triangle. Delta. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, clearly says monarch in bright red letters. Mm hmm. Yes. Right behind the twins. You know, what's interesting, though, is that there's never any CIA document that mentions monarch from my understanding. So this is kind of one of those things where is this a psyop? You know, like in this community right now, we're really trying to figure out what kind of disinformation is out there as far as like Project Monarch, all this other shit. There's so much reference to the Monarch butterfly in Hollywood. I mean, Playboy's got a magazine cover with, you know, a girl wearing the Monarch butterfly wings and it's art. It's not a photo. But I mean, you see Monarch, 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 the butterfly effect. And then, you know, Project Monarch. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I, I'm really curious if this is actually like one of the deepest of deep state cover-ups or if it's a psyop. But, it, I mean, it's clearly listed right here in The Shining, and I remember this vividly, so yeah. 
I think it existed, and I I hope to prove that to you here in just a second. Okay, okay. Marvel. Professor Marvel. Okay. Acclaimed by the crown heads of Europe. Now, what do the Marvel movies show us? Little Gnosticism. (laughs) (laughs) And then it has, in his crystal ball, let him read your past, present, and future. Interesting. So a lot of of little mind stuff going on there. But I want to sum up to you the reason why I kept showing you the lion, the tiger, and the bear. Yeah. Okay. Because... What do we have in the Wizard of Oz is lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Yeah, yeah. And then we have the cowardly lion. We have. It's it's going to get better, but. Well, yeah, when you were showing those those stuffed that. animals, I was thinking that this, you know, like the. Uh, yeah, for sure. Lions, tigers, bears, all that shit for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah, I remember the Anderson Cooper art here. Let me tell you a little something about the Wizard of Oz before I explain this picture. Okay. Trauma-based mind control is also often referred to as monarch programming. And it uses dissociation to create a mind-controlled slave. And it creates an amnesia barrier between the person's ordinary identity and the new identity or the altar. And some have claimed this is what the CIA perfected under MK Ultra. Mm. Now, a 1952 memo states that the purpose for an MK Ultra type program was to control an individual to the point where he will do our bidding against his will and even against such fundamental laws as self-preservation, creating a Manchurian candidate. And almost all documentation relating to MK Ultra mentions the significance of the movie Wizard of Oz. Shit. After World War II, the U.S. continued mind control projects, and they brought top Nazi scientists to help, which would be paperclip. And in the 1940s, it was chosen as a programming script for the intelligence community's mind control program, which would have been Wizard of Oz as the programming script. And it's not the only movie used they also use alice in wonderland all three alien movies star wars and star trek but most significantly mentioned was the wizard of oz now if you're going to talk about movies that have been worshipped by people forever long would be alice in wonderland wizard of oz star wars yeah and like the alien movies Sure. I'm a Star Trek person myself. 
Okay. Yeah, I like Star Wars if I'm going gun to head on either one of those. But yeah, I mean, I hear you though. Yeah, they're definitely iconic, all of those. Iconic. And some other things that they used were the term over the rainbow. They also used imagery such as dolphins, whales, monarch butterflies, hearts, and roses. And now to mentally escape the abuse, victims disassociate. They create altars. And in the Wizard of Oz programming, they go over the rainbow. Wow. So that's when you when you create an altar to escape pain. Let's say, again, it's rough to say, but let's say you're being raped and you've been conditioned. And this is a repeated thing that happens to you. You're raped on a daily basis, multiple times a day, maybe. You train your brain to go, quote, over the rainbow so that you're feeling nothing instead of pain yes and some people actually speculate that your soul pops out because you can't handle physically what's happening to you which so you go to another place okay right you go over the rainbow well have you seen that artwork it's like an uh i think it's an alchemist artwork or something it's definitely associated with flat earth where the uh you know it shows kind of like an earth Real like kind of like paradise looking thing, and then it shows like a firmament, and the guy's and sticking his, his head, head out. out. Yeah, 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 yeah. That reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. And then one yeah. thing too: why is this kid's shoes down here? Is that another Wizard of Oz reference? It looks like Anderson Cooper, you know, tied up as a kid. And I then was the shoes. thinking the red trunks, as. Okay. And then the yellow t-shirts, but I'll get into that in a second because here comes Tony Podesta. Everybody knows who Tony Podesta is. I'll spare you. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Yeah. Um, And his artwork became the topic of controversy after these type of disturbing sadistic paintings came to light. Mm -hmm. And um, the CIA was forced to declassify documents that prove that they were conducting these experiments and mind-controlling people. And one of the ways they supposedly did this was with the Wizard of Oz. And to control the children, one of the ways that they did this was to dress the victim according to their programming. So for some children, seeing red shoes would be a trigger to a dissociative state. Okay. And this is Ruby why the shoes would be red and not silver? Ruby slippers and the stuffed animals. You put them stuffed animal costumes on a kid. I'm just saying everybody went as some type of a stuffed animal for Halloween one year. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Also, they are taught that they must follow the yellow brick road and they are not to stray away from the path no matter what. And supposedly the winged monkeys reinforce a fear of always being watched, which these victims will be allowed to bond with a pet. And then the pet will be killed or taken to cause further dissociation. And the poppy field is an allusion to opium, which is used to tranquilize. Damn. Okay. Yeah. And now the original Wizard of Oz book is full of occult themes and ideologies. And L. Frank Baum was part of the Theosophical Society, which was founded by Luciferian 
Madame Blavatsky. Big fan. Yeah. Alice Bailey is a big fan of them too. Interesting. Okay. So OZ Oz is short for Osiris, which is the god of afterlife, the underworld, and rebirth in ancient Egyptian religion and was depicted as having green skin. Emerald. Okay. And and the wizard had green skin before they found the man behind the curtain, that head with the fire coming up, and he was like, Who does Yeah, yeah. That was a big headed, big elongated skull motherfucker with green skin. Also seen in a lot of the Egyptian shit is the elongated skull. Well, I've seen, you know, I, I did an, an episode, it was only on the Patreon, so you know, some people probably didn't hear it, obviously, but you know, going through colors and the significance. I have this really cool encyclopedia. I'll actually share it with you just since, you know, obviously you, you could use it a lot. Um, I only posted it to my Patreon people, so don't share it with all these freeloading fucks out here, you know, <laughs> but you can use it for your own source. Um, it's it's wild. It's a, a 500 page encyclopedia on esoteric symbols. And it also goes into different food items like honey, chocolate, wine, all this stuff, and then colors. And the colors, uh, it's really, really misunderstood that red is the color of evil. It's actually green. Medieval depictions of, of the devil are green. Money's green. It's supposedly the root of all evil. I mean, green is the evil color. And then when you tie it to, like, aliens and Martians and shit, which also have elongated skulls, you know, back in the day, the demon talk, you know, a lot of these ancient alien weirdos out here today are now mm-hmm. saying that when when people talked about seeing demons... They were most likely seeing aliens and they just didn't know. So now they start drawing these things, these demons, but that are really aliens with green skin, green, 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 all evil. It's weird. And then, you know, the green eyed monster, which comes from Othello, from uh, Shakespeare and all this stuff. Yeah, you're on to something there with that. And the um, Professor Marvel, who ends up being the wizard in Oz. He claims that his crystal ball is the same one used by the priests of Osiris and Isis in the movie. We say that again. Um, Professor Marvel. Yes. Is he's in the uh, traveling stagecoach? Uh huh. In in the Wizard of Oz, yeah. Right, the crowned heads of Europe, the uh-huh. crystal ball. Who's later the wizard in Oz. He's later the man behind the curtain. Yeah. Because everybody has like double roles. Okay. And um, he claims that his crystal ball is the same one used by the priests of Osiris and Isis. Like an ancient Egyptian artifact? Yes. Okay. That's fucking crazy if that's the case. (laughs) Did you find that to be possibly true? No, but even to mention that is fucking wild. Like how? Like, <laughs> jeez, yeah. I, I mean, mean, yeah that I, th- that would be absolutely insane. But I would believe it if it, if like if there was some factual evidence there. It's not that much of a stretch, especially with how much that movie's <laughs> talked about. Well, and then you also have to think of that story people tell of when the actor who played the wizard was looking for a green coat. Mm-hmm. And 
he was like, I want it to look a little bit worn and tattered, but still royal and regal. And so they went to like a bunch of consignment shops and like Salvation Army and Goodwill. And they brought him like 12 green jackets. And he said, and they were like, just pick whichever one you want. And the one jacket he picked had a label on the inside that said belongs to L. Frank Baum, who was the author of the Wizard of Oz book. Huh. Wow. Whether that's true or not, it could just be made up to make the story more endearing. If it's true, I feel like they were messing with some black magic. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, if you're reading it and if it seems credible, then yeah, we have to give it some credence. Like, what else do we have podcasts for? There's a lot of people that are totally blackpilled out there that are like, oh, I don't believe any of this stuff. You know, if you're telling a story and if it lines up, I mean, yeah, we have to give some of these things credence. That makes a lot of sense, especially if you're talking black magic and the mind control aspects of old movies like this. There's a real hypnotizing effect of movies like The Wizard of Oz and yeah. of the original cartoon, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland. If you, yeah, if you watch kids, and honestly, Kim does it sometimes too because she was raised by the TV, right? I mean, like her her parents, and she's very open about this, her parents were not very good to to be to put it kindly and mm-hmm. she was raised by the tv latchkey kid all that nine yards she to this day sometimes gets hypnotized by watching the tv and like you you call her name a couple times and then she's like snap out of it type shit you know kids do this the most brilliant kids like little kids do this and if you if you throw an old movie on to, for like a four-year-old they're literally zoned the fuck into that movie yes, they are and they can watch it over and over again, which is another part of the programming. Well, like, you know, man, we used to do this with, uh, you know, Brandon, my old co-host and my cousin, obviously. Um, he had two younger sisters, much younger than us. We were probably like, you know, 10, 10 and 11. And these were babies. They would have to like turn these babies, uh, you know, dinner tray things around and they'd be eating their food, looking over their shoulder, like trying to watch the the damn shit that we're yeah. watching. Uh, you know, shit like Roger Rabbit, you know, things that are more like, like state. Yeah, it puts kids and I think part of adults into a trans. I, I don't know if you happen to hear that episode that I did with those guys talking about Operation Red Marvel. Pill, the Marvel stuff where they talked about yeah. the TV as an occult tool before. It is. I mean, absolutely it is. And then the way that they're evolving it with the the screens and then the streaming. And the casting. The casting. Mm -hmm. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. What what the hell is like? Why do you got to call it casting? Like you're casting a spell. You're casting something from your phone, a podcast. I mean, you're streaming it and it's just all. They. There is a little bit of word magic. Well, I'm not just the expert on word magic, but like tell a vision, like this dreamlike symbolism that they put into a lot of movies like that. It's for a reason mm-hmm. to disassociate you for one. And um, when you're in a trance like state, they can put subliminal messages into your head. There's sure. a Lexus commercial right now where they're driving to Oz. Really? Okay. Yes. I mean, 
Ryan, if you look for it, it's fucking everywhere. And they have to use this OG uh, ritual on us because it was probably one of the first, which is why it's mentioned so significantly in these documents relating to MK Ultra, really. Huh. Yeah, but, you know, you brought up something when you brought up the word cast, it's really sticking in my head, like with the podcast, you know, you're still you're podcast. like, we're, we might be adding to this shit a little bit here. I don't but, think we you and I are because we try to actually give people information so that they're a conscious observer of what they're taking in. Sure. Whereas like a lot of podcasts are part of the problem, just like you can watch a documentary on something and be like, wow, I feel like I really learned a lot from that documentary. Or you could watch nothing, yeah. Wizard of Oz. Like it just depends what you're using it for. Sure. I mean, you know, I know I'm very aware though that the uh the the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? Like absolutely. So yeah, I mean as long as I think we're aware, but yeah, that's something that's really sticking out in my head right now is the cast. I might write it down and stew on that. Well, guys, thanks for listening so far. If you want to hear the rest, you know what to do. Head over to patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast. We continued the conversation talking about Wizard of Oz and all the MK Ultra symbolism within that movie and many others as well. So hope to see you there. Thank you for the support and take care. <laughs>